When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're a 415er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports, Pod- uh, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, pardon me, with 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Randy. I'm Evan Giddings. It is all about the NFL draft. market. is finally over. We are through. The 49ers have their picks. They have their nine guys. And before we dig in, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, long weekend. A uh, lot going on, of course, in the Bay Area. You have the NFL draft, which... I was looking at some recent uh, numbers, ratings, the NFL draft ratings were way up this year uh, in the little bubble in the Bay Area. A little bit hard to believe because so many people are focused on the Warriors right now. Uh, but NFL draft coverage at an all time high. We're excited to get our, our post draft episode going, our reaction episode. I'm looking forward to it. I'm doing well overall. Evan, long weekend, uh, but getting back to the grind. I'm looking forward to it. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, got a little bit of a uh, little bit of sunshine down in San Diego this weekend. Nice. So enjoyed being back in Southern California. A lot of Mexican food and a lot. Actually, there was a lot of people. I was at a wedding this weekend. There was a lot of people that were locked into the NFL draft. So even though you're right, like the 49ers didn't have a whole lot of action going on, apart from a, a trade that we'll dig into in just a few minutes, it was pretty I would say magnetic for a lot of people. And I, I do think the amount of action that surrounded both the top of the draft. Anytime there's quarterbacks taken in the top five, especially multiple of them, I think you're going to see a lot of people um, and the numbers go up. But also there were a ton of trades, both the first, second, and especially in the third round. So Mark, I, I, I kind of get whereas maybe Bay Area fans weren't exactly locked into this draft. Um, I do think that there was reason for those viewer, for the viewership to be as high as it was. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of, um, I mean, there was so much talk about the quarterbacks. And I know something you brought up uh, our last episode was the S2 Cognition scores uh, and how that might have an impact. Obviously, C.J. Stroud still went two overall. But, I mean, the Texans picked two and three. I mean, there's a gigantic trade right off the bat, which was very exciting. And there were so many trades, too many to even keep track of. Um, and that's what makes drafts fun like this, where you have all this movement. Um, and, and this this draft certainly did not lack that. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why not only did it attract people originally because of the quarterback drama, um, but it kept people around because of all those trades that were happening. 
Well, and, and one trade for the 49ers did happen. That's how they got their first guy. I do have to give you credit before we actually get into the players, though, Mark, because of our sort of hot takes or predictions pre-draft, I believe yours were both extremely close, if not spot on with, with one of them. Uh, they did trade up. They did not trade up to the second round, yeah. but they did trade up to get closer to the second round, and they also potentially got their kicker of the future. So... Uh, I was off the beaten trail, not with one, but two of, of my <laughs> hot takes, and uh, I got to give the floor to you. Well, I appreciate that. I will say um, my two hot takes were probably uh, not as hot as your two. Mine were probably a little more straightforward. You went for all the glory. It didn't quite work out for you. <laughs> I, I, I took the easier route, and it did seem to work out for me. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, their first uh, overall draft pick, uh, was Jair Brown, the safety from Penn State. Uh, they moved up a handful of picks to get him in the third round, and then they they picked the first kicker off the board as well. And, and my take uh, relating to the kicker was they are going to draft their kicker that will start in the regular season this year, and they will be relying on to make a number of really big kicks in the playoffs. Um, and we will get to the kicker, but you don't draft a kicker in the third round, Evan, unless the plan is to play him and to start him. Um, so I, I think, I think that one, I can already check off as, as you know, correct, but uh, I guess only time will tell for sure. No, no doubt. And, and first selection, uh, Jair Brown safety out of Penn state, they sent three picks up to the Minnesota Vikings. And that was kind of something that we had talked about the fact that they have all this draft capital. They went in with 11 picks, they made nine selections and this safety Jair Brown is supposed to be a guy that, um, you know, a lot is, is sort of riding on. I, I would say that my initial thoughts about him as well as the class was I was a bit surprised. And I know that it's kind of hard to draw glowing admiration when you're picking in the third round and beyond to start. Um, but I was a little surprised that safety was the first place that they went to, especially for a guy that, at least from what I've seen, from what I've read, is in a little bit of a Talanoa Hufanga mold in the sense that he's a bit undersized. He's not fast as far as his measurables are concerned. I think he ran a 4.65, but he has intelligence. He can read offenses, and he plays with more speed in game. Um, so I'm excited to see this guy play because I didn't get to watch a ton of Big Ten football, but apparently this guy has really good instincts, um, a couple of comps I've seen have been in kind of the, the Micah Hyde range for those familiar with uh, Buffalo safety, Micah Hyde, um, <laughs> also formerly of Green Bay. But but this was a guy that I I was surprised that was taken in the spot that he was by the 49ers specifically. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you, we can talk about my uh, hot take hits. One of my less hot takes was the first pick was going to be a tackle. Um, not only was their first pick not a tackle, they didn't draft the tackle. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm a little surprised that their first pick was a safety, but you know, it, it just shows you this was a guy that they liked and the Niners haven't really put much draft capital into that position in a really long time. In fact, the last time they used a pick that high in the third round or a day two pick on a safety uh, was 2015 when they drafted Jaquaski Tart. So it has been a really long time since they've put, this much draft capital in a safety. You mentioned Talanoa Hufunga. He was drafted a couple of years ago, but that was a fifth round pick. So they haven't used this, um, you know, this high of draft pick 
this much draft compensation, this much of an asset to draft at that position in nearly a decade. Um, and it, it tells you, one, that they did use it on that position and that they traded up to acquire him. It was a guy that they really, really liked. Um, now, with that said, I'm not sure he's going to see the field for many defensive snaps this year, but you mentioned the Talanoa Hufunga mold. Well, do you remember what Talanoa Hufunga did his rookie year? Yeah, become a special, special yeah, special yeah. teams ace. He had the uh, the the recovery of the blocked punt against Green Bay in the postseason that ultimately won the Niners that game. Now he didn't block the punt, but he was there on special teams. He recovered the punt in the end zone and will forever be remembered by Joe Buck screaming Hufunga at the top of his lungs for the for the rest of his career with the 49ers. And then what did what happened in Hufunga's second year, this most recent year? He became an all-pro and a pro bowler. Um, I'm not saying that I expect that to happen for Jair Brown, be a, a pro bowler in his second year in the NFL, but it seems like his trajectory should follow that similar path where plays special teams as a rookie, and then um, after that, the 49ers turn, you know, kind of the starting safety spot over to him because to Sean Gibson, they re-signed him for just one more year. Uh, his contract is up after this coming season, and that opens up a starting safety spot. And who is the likely fill-in at this point? Seems like their third-round rookie from this year, which next year will be a year ago. And, and I, I would... I would be shocked if that isn't the 49ers plan for this guy. Work him into special teams this year and then hope he's good enough to play as your starting safety a year from now. No, exactly. That's the path. Hufanga sat behind Jaquaski Tart and primarily contributed on special teams and then was able to find that starting role. Of course, once uh, Jimmy Ward's injury also played into that as well. But I mean... This guy Brown is is certainly going to have a chance probably in a year to prove himself. If not this year, should he be able to earn snaps? Or you never know, a guy goes down. Uh, he He's flexible along with a lot of the picks that the 49ers took. Of course, the next guy and really the biggest name that caught people's eyes was the kicker, Jake Moody, who uh, Rich Eisen was glowing about, of course, during the actual selection. Michigan Wolverine, he is a big-time kicker in college, and... You don't often see too many kickers be taken in the top three rounds. So this guy, number one, I'm sure is very good. 49ers are very confident that he's good. Uh, but number two, Mark, he had better damn well be good <laughs> if you are going to take a kicker in the third round. And this guy's played in big games. He's obviously played for a successful team. And he's got a big leg. Uh, but th this is something that, Unless you're going to envision this guy being on your roster for a very long time, it is a bit perplexing to see someone being taken at that position this high. And, and, and maybe it's a situation where the 49ers felt like there wasn't anyone else on the board at that time that was worth that position, and you have a chance to get your kicker of the future. Right now you're a bit um, you know, depleted at that position, even though you went out and traded for a guy. Uh, so I, it, it confused me a little bit. But, of course, I guess the question becomes, how else are you going to fill that void? Yeah, once I got over the initial shock of a kicker in the third round, I, it made a little bit more sense to me. First, some some raw numbers, some some statistics about drafting kickers this early. Um, so the 99th overall pick, the 49ers drafted kicker Jake Moody out of Michigan. 
Uh, the highest a kicker has gone since Roberto Aguayo out of uh, Florida State went 59th overall in 2016 to the Buccaneers. That has gone down as one of the worst picks in NFL draft history. Roberto Aguayo, 59th overall, a kicker, lasted one season in the National Football League and has not been heard from since. Terrible, terrible, terrible pick. This is a pick, Evan, where he better be your starter for at least five, six, seven years. Because if he's not, it's a waste of a third-round pick at 99 overall. And I can absolutely guarantee you the 49ers are incredibly confident that he will be that guy. Because again, you only make this pick if you are 100% certain. And let's break down kind of the, the math of this pick. Because the 49ers had this pick in the third round. They did not have a fourth round pick. Their next pick was in the fifth round. There were a lot of mock drafts that had Jake Moody going as early as the fourth round, some into the fifth round. But the likelihood, Evan, the very real possibility is if the Niners did not pick him here in the third round, he would not have been available to them in the fifth round when their next pick was. Now, that doesn't mean that they couldn't have traded up into the fourth round or you know earlier into the fifth round and gone to get him. But if you feel so certain that he is your kicker of the future and you are so confident in his leg um, that that you are, again, certain that he is your guy, I don't really see the negative in maybe reaching a little bit considering you're worried he's not going to make it to your next pick. I know there's just a lot of fearful fans out there saying, how can you possibly pick a kicker? in the third round. It's a mistake. It, it hasn't really worked. Understood. I get it. But I, I think the Niners were so much more confident in this guy than any of the other kickers that were potentially draftable that they figured it's worth it. It's worth a bit of a reach to get our guy and fill really the last remaining starter spot on our roster. Once I considered all of that, this this pick made a little bit more sense to me. Well, it also made more sense when you saw the New England Patriots take a kicker and trade up to get a kicker 13 picks later. So potentially mm -hmm. Jake Moody would not be on the board. Um, I mean, and, and even though I know they, they were able to, you know, take Cameron Latsu a couple of picks later in the third round, um, maybe they felt like there was a, a team behind them or a pick behind them that could be grabbed and scooped up. And I also do wonder just how much inside the war room, when you're seeing the amount of trades being processed, like at rapid pace, especially in the first couple of rounds, if there's a guy that you have your eye on, and like you said, you, you're bringing back 19 of 22 starters from an NFC title game. You really, the kicker is basically the biggest glaring one at this point outside of maybe right tackle, which we can get to in a sec. Um, I, I don't necessarily blame them for potentially reaching this spot, but it does give a lot of people pause. Um, I am curious though, what you think about the non-selection of an offensive lineman though? Surprised me. Uh, again, I thought that their first pick was going to be a tackle um, and maybe another one or two picks was going to be a tackle, but they didn't make a single tackle. My first thought was uh, okay. They absolutely are confident in Colton McKivitz that he's their starting right tackle, not only for this year, but potentially in the future. Or 
they feel some way about, you know, Jalen Moore or some other other, you know, young offensive linemen who have we've seen, you know, here and there at times filling in. I'm surprised they didn't go and just try to get some more depth. Now, I will say in something we could talk about later, there are still free agents out there, Evan, and the Niners did make some news this weekend by moving some money around. We, we, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I'm surprised they did not draft an offensive tackle, even if they're so confident in McKivitz that he's their guy this year and potentially beyond. I'm a little surprised they didn't at least beef up uh, some depth and, and draft one or two guys that they thought had some high upside. But uh, they must feel really confident about their offensive line group. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Please listen, rate, and subscribe in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. That is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. The 49ers using 11 picks to make nine selections in the 2023 NFL Draft. We've talked about their third rounders. They go for a safety. They go for a kicker. They go for a tight end. They do not go for an offensive lineman. And, you know, if, if we're just kind of thinking about all right, what did they try to address in this draft? I do feel like there was a a lot of best availability involved in in pretty much the majority of this because you can I think afford to get a little risque when you're bringing back the majority of a team that was in the final four and was maybe a quarterback injury away from making the final two. So to me, this I, I I've seen a lot of questioning and and kind of, I guess, perplexed analysis about where the 49ers chose to go with this draft mark. And it, I do understand. Um, and I don't want to say by any means the 49ers were playing with house money at this point. But I think that if you're looking at, okay, you're taking two tight ends, essentially for one backup tight end spot. You're taking a safety along with a couple of you know hybrid line linebackers, smaller linebackers that can play in the box, but could also potentially play um, who knows, a, a, you know, kind of a more physical safety position, late round wide receiver, who's kind of a bigger target a la Juwan Jennings. Um, I, I feel like the 49ers chose to sort of sprinkle things around as opposed to address areas of need. If you want to critique that, I understand, but I also feel like the 49ers, for whatever reason, feel very confident with the roster that they have right now, even at the positions of need. And this draft reflects that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think you see a lot of, I mean, I think the majority of this draft, and this is, I think, what you try to go for when you have later round guys. Um, I don't know if project is the right word. That's that's kind of what we use more for NBA draft picks. Um, but it seems like the, the mold the four Danners are going for here, and, and there are a handful of guys, at least a couple of guys, who I think will have, relatively large impacts on this coming year. One of them is the kicker, Jake Moody, because we expect him to be the starter and he'll probably lead the team in points this year because that's just what kickers do. Um, but beyond that, I, we could get into it. A, a couple of players who I think will play, you know, offensive or defensive snaps for most of the games of the regular season, assuming health more than just special teams. But for the most part, I think the majority of this draft class are guys who the 49ers are trying to think about stash for a year or two and then you hope you get a return on their potential you're drafting guys that have some good physical characteristics some good physical traits but maybe aren't quite ready from a i don't know if knowledge is the right word but from an understanding of the game of football 
to make an impact on this 49ers team just yet. And the Niners are in this weird situation where, of course, you want to continue to add um, quality players who are going to impact winning right away. But they're also at a position where they just don't have a ton of open snaps left. It's just the reality of what it is. You have so much talent everywhere. It's kind of hard to not want to plan for the future a little bit. But if you go out and admit, yeah, you know, this is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Yeah, you know, we're thinking about 2025 with this draft class. Like, you're never going to say that because football teams can always use more help now. But it, it kind of seems to me, Evan, like this is a draft where the 49ers aren't going to hear a ton from most of these draft picks this year. And that's the reality when you don't have a ton of high picks anyway. But their hope is that a year or two down the road, you'll see two, three, four starters from this group of nine that kind of come out of nowhere, similar to how a Hufanga came out of nowhere years prior how a Dre Greenlaw came out of nowhere, how a Debo Samuel came out of nowhere, how a George Kittle came out of nowhere. I think that's where they're hoping this draft helps them out. Of course, they want the help now, but I think what their plan is, is they will get a boost from this group in a year or two or three down the road. No, I think that's a good point. And I also think that a lot of these players are in kind of, 49ers specific molds and look if it ain't broke don't don't fix it but we're talking about Jair Brown a guy that fits in a mold along with the potential path of a Talanoa Hufanga you're looking at you know a guy like Robert Bill Jr. towards the edge who fits in as far as a speed rusher he's not the biggest guy and you're not going to get obviously you know a full-blown amazing talent at pick 173 but you're going to get you know, a, a guy that can potentially compete for snaps on the outside. D. Winters runs a 4-5 as a linebacker. You know, it kind of fits in that Demetrius Flanagan fouls sort of mold. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at John Graham as a linebacker from Purdue, also sort of smaller, faster. These are later round picks. But, I mean, a, a guy like Fred Warner was not perceived as a big, bruising linebacker when he came into the league. I know he was a third-round pick as opposed to a fifth or a seventh, but there are guys in this draft that they select that I feel like ideally project to be the next kind of wave of the current iteration of some of these players have similar physical traits to a lot of these guys. Obviously, the mental makeup is a huge part of what the 49ers are, specifically defensively, but also on offense. But you're seeing, I, I think, a lot of draftees this year that could potentially um, I don't know, sort of fit into the 49ers system more seamlessly. And that's why, even though they may be perceived as sort of projects, I feel like they are developmental players that are fit more so for this system. And that's something that I think a lot of teams in the NFL will not exactly value. Um, you know, you're trying to get best available talent. You're trying to get certain guys, but you need people that fit into your system. And the 49ers system has obviously been very successful under Kyle Shanahan. And I think being able to go out and get a couple of these players on both sides of the football, even if they're not at areas of need, such as, you know, right tackle in the trenches, um, they also do fit in my mind, I think, with what the 49ers envision for this team and potentially in the future. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the guys that kind of fits the 49ers, uh, I don't know, mold of a player is tight end Cameron Latu, who they picked in the third round, 101 overall, just a couple of picks after they picked uh, Jake Moody, the kicker from Michigan. He's out of Alabama. The tight end Cameron Latu is. Um, I think the Niners are interested in him because he started his career at Alabama, believe it or not, as a pass rusher. And he was pretty good with the Crimson Tide as a pass rusher. Uh, but they switched him to tight end in 2019. And, you know, he didn't have record-breaking numbers and, and wasn't, you know, the star of that offense. Of course, they had so many good weapons through his career at Alabama. But, you know, he was involved in the offense on a relatively consistent basis. He also suffered a foot injury just before his final year, but he seems good to go now. Um, but what stands out most for him is that he's a really good blocker. Uh, already and it seems to me Evan like he has a step up in the uh, backup tight end spot I mean you consider who the 49ers have there right now uh Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly Warner pretty good blocker Ross Dwelly not a very good blocker Warner not a very good pass catcher Dwelly a pretty good pass catcher you have kind of guys that specialize in one thing Latsu I think uh can challenge Warner in terms of his blocking ability and can challenge Dwelly in terms of his pass-catching ability. So I think he automatically, Evan, becomes the 49ers' second most talented tight end on this roster. And because he's relatively new to the position, Evan, I think the 49ers believe there is room for growth for him at the tight end spot. It's like, you know, a, a player, you know, in the NBA, who you hear about this all the time, like Joel Embiid, who didn't pick up a basketball until what? He was like 14 or 15 years old. And, you know, Jonathan Kaminga for the Warriors is a similar story. They picked up the game so late into their lives, at least compared to a lot of, you know, their fellow players and teammates, that you expect them to be able to grow more than some of the players that they're competing against because they have been playing the game for longer. I think that's the mindset for the 49ers with Lawtu at tight end. Not only will I think he will have an impact this year as the 49ers' second tight end, and we know they use a lot of two tight end sets, but I think the 49ers believe strongly that he has a lot of improvement ahead of him and potentially at a pretty quick rate early in his career. Yeah, and I think his numbers kind of reflect, uh, you know, a guy like George Kittle coming out of college. It, there was, I know, some parallels made between them. And uh, I, I, interestingly enough, like, so they, they technically took two tight ends, but to your point about trying to find sort of similarities, Latu being probably a better blocker than Braden Willis. But according to John Lynch, Willis out of Oklahoma is a guy that also played some H back played fullback. And so potentially, you know, you're seeing a guy who could be more along the lines of a Kyle use who's versatile mm. and is not going to be a pure tight end. That does. I think beg the question uh, before we do so, I do want to transition and remind people to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast and the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast, because that's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We're coming at you twice a week here in the offseason, spending a ton of time, of course, on the 2023 NFL draft for the 49ers. But Mark, if you're looking at the, the picks here, and and maybe you might have tipped your hand a little bit, outside of Jake Moody, <laughs> who do you feel like has the best chance to get on the field uh, consistently? On the field consistently, you mean beyond special teams? I would say, yeah, be, have the best chance to get snaps 
Uh, maybe not consistently because that would kind of, in, I guess, envision them starting at some point. Um, but who do you think has the best chance to get on the field outside of special teams? I think it's Latu. I really do. I think the 49ers drafted him with the mindset that he will immediately be their second tight end. And knowing the 49ers offensive scheme, Evan, they use two tight ends really often. Um, and I think there's maybe a, a mind of the 49ers to trying to cut back George Kittle's snaps a little bit. He will turn 30 this year, Evan. George Kittle will. And uh, he tends to play almost every single snap for the 49ers. I'm not saying that Cameron Latu is nearly as good as George Kittle. It's not at all what I'm saying. Uh, but I think when you consider the position, um, I think Latu is going to be the most seen Niners rookie not on special teams this coming year. I think he has a relatively big role. He's a big body. He has good hands. He can catch the ball. I wouldn't be shocked if he has multiple touchdowns this year either, Evan. I think he sees the field on offense on a very consistent basis from game to game. Not a ton of snaps necessarily, but consistently on the field for offensive plays. I think it's Cameron Latsu. I'll grab some pine Charlie Warner. Um, <laughs> yep. Okay, so <laughs> no, I I I don't have a problem with that. I, obviously, there's going to be, I think, a lot of need based off of if there's anybody that goes down, like, and I think that also why is kind of why they're, they're poking around at certain positions. Um, I, I do, I do wonder though, the interest in a guy like Daryl Luter jr. Out of Southern Alabama, because the 49ers have had kind of this run in the fifth round of maybe not right off the bat, but selecting guys and not just cornerbacks, but players that have been able to contribute in a, semi-immediate fashion like you're looking at you know Samuel Womack uh you're looking at Amador Lenore Sco Ducks uh you're looking at Colton McKivitt and Drake Greenlaw around picks from the last four drafts that have been able to contribute pretty close to immediately um I was also you know reading about the fact that Luter is pretty good in press coverage he's a physical cornerback he's a guy that only allowed 45 percent of passes to be completed his way in college um and, of course, the 49ers have had a lot of success in that fifth round. So based off of trends, that would be my pick. Based off of the immediate need and talent, I'm with you that Latsu would be the guy. Interesting. I like that. I also think there is a chance that Jair Brown, the safety, the guy that they picked, uh, their first overall pick, 87th overall, they traded up to get. I think there's a very real possibility um, that what this does – is it shifts around the depth chart. So you remember they signed Miles Hartfield uh, this this offseason, you know, a, a month and a half or so ago. Uh, and the thought was he probably is your third safety. I think Brown now is probably your third safety. Um, and maybe that allows someone like Miles My Hartfield to potentially play your nickel corner spot. Who knows? And, and that could be an unforeseen kind of uh, move because of this pick of Jair Brown. And I think the 49ers like him enough um, that if he has a good camp, if he has a good offseason program, maybe he gets some regular snaps at safety here or there uh, throughout the regular season as well. But that position seems to be a little bit more tied up than some of the others. I agree with you. Um, and again, going back to what I said about the tight end spot, there's there is a definite need for two tight ends in the 49ers system. 
Uh, and I think Latu has a much better chance to be that number two than someone like Jair Brown does as the number two safety. Um, so I think I'd still stick, stick with that tight end spot. But I'm with you. I mean, the Niners will probably try to test guys out here or there, see what they got, uh, because that's that's what they've tended to do over the years. Amory Thomas was a guy as well. Uh, you're going through a list who I don't think you mentioned, but he certainly fits that mold as well, who has gotten some snaps, hasn't played great, but he's gotten some really high-pressure, high-profile snaps. Uh, and he, and what, he had that interception against the Rams the end of the regular season two years ago, which so, which sealed the win and, and sealed the Niners going to the playoffs. So uh, there are certainly snaps up for grabs. It's just a matter, I think, of who performs well in those snaps and therefore who earns the trust of the coaching staff. No, 100%. I think the only guy that we haven't mentioned uh, specifically was Ronnie Bell, another Michigan Wolverine, but a seventh-round pick wide receiver who's probably fighting for that that fifth spot with Willie Sneed and others. Um, but as far as the surprises of this draft, Mark, whether it was a player, whether it was maybe someone they didn't pick, what do you think was the biggest surprise from the 49ers in this draft? Um, for me, it's that I, I know a lot of you, and I know I kind of want to say kicker as well. Um, but for me, it's not drafting a tackle uh, because I just thought that was one of their biggest spots of need. Um, but I, I will say one thing about this, Evan, and I kind of teased it earlier. The 49ers are now going to be about 11 million or so under the salary cap uh, after they restructured Christian McCaffrey's contract. They saved a bunch of money by restructuring Christian McCaffrey's contract, Evan. So what does this mean? They are probably going to add another veteran or two this offseason. When might you expect it? Well, it's a very good question uh, because... After May 2nd, which is today, those of you listening, most likely we're recording this Monday, May 1st, but Tuesday, May 2nd, after May 2nd, the compensatory pick formula gets thrown out. So you make any free agent signings, you don't need to potentially pay with a compensatory pick into the future. So what does that mean? After May 2nd, again, today to most of you listening, the 49ers are almost free to go out and sign any remaining free agent that they want. And there are some tackles out there. Certainly, there are some tackles still out there. I mean, some of the guys are Taylor Lewan, Donovan Smith, George Fance, Cameron Irving, Eric Fisher, Isaiah Wynn. There are names out there. Uh, maybe they go out and try to get someone like that. But then you also consider other positions. A lot of people think they still need depth at the defensive end spot. Um, Frank Clark, previously the Chiefs, he's still out there. Guess who else is still out there? Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, most recently a Colt. He's a name that the Ford Anners have been linked to this offseason and past offseasons. So maybe it's not to address their offensive tackle uh, spot, but I think there are moves coming still for the 49ers, Evan. So even though I'm surprised they did not draft an offensive tackle, they're not done making moves this offseason, I don't believe. They would not free up all that space via a Christian McCaffrey restructure to do nothing. They are certainly planning to still do something. So maybe that addresses some depth that they didn't quite address in the draft. Yeah. A free agent signing, a potential trade. Either way, I think that the McCaffrey 
reshuffling of money gives them some flexibility. And they honestly didn't have a whole lot coming into this draft. So that that's certainly something to keep an eye on. I am with you. Um, I will say that I know I know a lot of people may be also surprised they didn't take a quarterback. Mm. I am not, uh, for reasons that if you've been following this podcast, you would know, because I believe that they have their three quarterbacks and that will be their quarterback room for this year. Although, who knows? Maybe with $11 million in cash mark, they might be able to go out and swing something for another arm or just swap one. Who knows? Hey, maybe uh, we go back to your original uh, hot take from a couple of months ago. Maybe they bring Tom Brady out of retirement. You never know. Huh? <laughs> might cost a little bit more than $11 million, <laughs> uh, considering I think he's got 150 coming his way from Fox. <laughs> but, but hey, you know what? I would certainly take that. That would be a whole hell of a lot of fun to have a, you know, a skeleton walking around the, the clubhouse, even if it is the skeleton of a goat. So <laughs> I think that, look, my biggest surprise from this draft Yes, I think offensive line is probably the one that your mind automatically goes to. Just it's because, I mean, as we've as we've discussed, this roster is is stacked. There are very few places that you can improve in. Um, but also, you know, I'm reading about the fact that there this wasn't a, a super a supremely deep um, offensive line class, and maybe they didn't feel like reaching for a certain spot outside of kicker, I was one that they needed to address. And I also, I mean, I, I thought that they were pretty precise trading up in a more top heavy fashion to go and get a guy you envision being in your near future, as well as um, you know, further down the line, I thought was, was smart. But when it comes to a surprise, the amount of, I guess, non, um, I don't know. I don't know how to put this, but, like the 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 skills that they focused on, I felt like had to do primarily with speed of positions you don't typically see. So, undersized linebackers, uh, a speedy defensive end, and then more physical at positions you would typically attribute to speed: cornerback, wide receiver. Uh, they also didn't take a running back in the third round for the first time in a few years. So maybe they also learn from their mistakes in that sense. I. I I, I don't see it as as zigging where they you know where others zag, but you typically I feel like imagine positions in which they have drafted having more prototypical traits, and I didn't see a whole lot of that from them. And, and again, you know they're, they're picking later in the draft, and so there's certainly not everyone's going to be perfect. But I guess the surprise of mine was those physical traits not necessarily matching the positions of the players they chose. Uh, you uh, you took the words out of my mouth. My last you know thought about surprises was that they didn't draft a running back. And Kyle Shanahan even said that himself when they were talking about the, the pick of Jake Moody, 99th overall. I mean, you knew that he was about to get drilled with some questions like, why the hell did he draft a kicker in the third round? It's the highest a kicker has been drafted since whenever, and it didn't work out for Roberto Aguayo. Because yeah, his name wasn't Trey Sermon. <laughs> exactly. And, and what he said was, you know, kind of to open the presser, I still can't even believe we didn't draft the running back. You know, he said, you know, with a, a you-know-what eating grin on his face the entire time. <laughs> um, but so I, I'm with you. I mean, I kind of expected just because it's the 49ers and Kyle Shannon, they were going to draft the running back. But uh they filled their quota of, um, I don't know, frustrating their fans in the third round by instead of drafting a running back, drafting a kicker. 
Um, and again, the pressure is now on Jake Moody to be good and to be a longtime NFL kicker, because if he's anything less than that, the pick is an absolute failure. We're talking a lot about, uh, you know, the, the lack of a tackle in this draft, an offensive tackle. There were guys that they worked out, a handful of them, quality, potential quality starting offensive tackles in the NFL available at 99 a few picks beyond 99 where they drafted the tight end out of Alabama, Cameron Law, too. There were some available there as well. Um, so if if Jake Moody fails and isn't a good NFL kicker, and all the evidence says he will be, but if he's not, it will be one of the worst draft mistakes, draft decisions by, by Kyle Shanahan in his 49ers tenure um, because you just simply can't miss on a kicker that you draft that high because there are so many other still quality players out there. This one will be a tough one to swallow if they miss. So the pressure is on to make sure they got this one right. Well, knowing the 49ers, they'll probably miss on that, but then they'll hit on a fifth, sixth, or seventh, (laughs) and that guy will make his completely forget that they ever took a kicker in the third round. Yeah, probably. And uh, we're going to have more, of course, to dig into on our next episode coming out on Thursday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Please listen, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from. Of course, check us out on the Odyssey app. This is the 415ers. Mark, you got something else? Oh, no. I'm just fired up that we're through the draft. We're fired up through the draft. I think there's another move coming. I think we will have more additions to react to. But we're through the draft, and now we're inching closer to a rookie mini camps, and then of course we get to OTAs and all that. I'm looking forward to it. We're getting there. The real there. juicy stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting into some <laughs> position battles, getting into some potential moves. Mark says, keep your eye out for potential signing. Something's keep happening. Keep your eye out for a potential trade. It does appear that that is coming. We don't know what could be sexy. Could be a lot like this draft. A whole lot of. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. So <laughs> the 415ers, as always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. We will talk to you next time. That'll be Thursday. We appreciate you tuning into this episode. Again, download, rate, subscribe, wherever you podcast. We'll talk to you next time.